Oh man, I miss that music. Miss being in the studio. Well, here is our first episode, folks. Let's have a little patience with me because we are doing it remotely for the first time. This is out of my humble abode in Spencerport, New York, which I actually enjoy living at, right next to Lugia's Ice Cream. A little shout out to Lugia's. Right now they got some curbside service going on and social distancing going on, but people are getting their treats at Lugia's in Spencerport. So do not forget about Lugia's and the family. So we brought back three boys today from our wonderful podcast, November, the Ski Bum Roundtable. I think that was the third version we had. So today we bring back version four, and it brings back Brady Hamilton. Yes, sir. It brings back Jared Van Orton. What up, what up? And it brings back Johnny Del Forte. Yo, yo, yo. There they are. They're all back. They're young men. Um, they're, they're back maybe earlier than they wanted, but I know their adventures brought them some cool experiences, so we're going to jump right into it. For those of you who didn't listen to the previous episode... Please make sure you go back and download the episode, um, the Ski Bum Roundtable number 47, version 3, to get caught up before this one, so this, this won't seem like so strange to you, but these three young men decided to take a journey this year, which I was jealous of beyond. They all went out to Copper Mountain in Colorado and decided to see if they could become do a little ski bumming while they worked. All three of them had very different jobs. All three of them got paid very differently, um, and their experiences are, are going to be fun to listen to. So, so boys, welcome back to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> I love it. So, um, I appreciate all of you, and, and Johnny, let's start with you, because you are still calling from afar. Please tell everybody where you're calling from. Uh, and you know maybe a tidbit or two of what's, what you got going on as far as uh, when you're coming back to Rochester. Yeah, yeah. So um, right now I'm actually in, I guess you could say living quarters. Um, it's kind of like a dorm style building. Pretty much like going off to college. You just kind of with a roommate, a small room. And uh, you know, it's not much, but it's home. Um, currently at the moment, I just made dinner, KFC bowl, got the chicken nuggets, made some potatoes, the mixed veggies. You know, I can't beat it. Um, you know, I've just been chilling, really. You know, uh, strange times out here, so I'm just kind of laying low. What are you doing? To, what are you doing to stay in shape? Uh, I'm skateboarding, so I skateboard a lot. The um, the skate park actually just opened because we uh we have a safer at home order instead of like a quarantine order. So skate parks opened up, so I went there. Um, you know, I'm going on hikes, just trying to keep moving, get out of the room, small room. Now I'm alone, my roommate moved out. So it's a little lonely, not gonna lie, but you know, you gotta make the best of these tough times and just head up, you know. So tell me about the hiking. Do you have a favorite trail? Anything you're really enjoying? Um, no, at the moment, no, because there's so much variety out here. Like, you could hike a hill on the side of the road and compare that to New York hiking, and it's nothing like New York hiking. So, yeah, no, don't have a, don't have a favorite hike. Just trying to go see what's nice, what's clear, what doesn't look like too much of a challenge on the leg. What's the uh, elevation? Uh, what's the elevation there? 
Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. That's about the elevation where like where he's staying at the base. That's crazy to me. I mean, yeah. in, in in New York State, the most we go up to is is Marcy, which is fifty six hundred, I think. Fifty nine hundred. Yeah, fifty six hundred, I think. Yeah. Um, so that means that the base there is higher than the highest peak in the Adirondacks. Almost double. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, but just a caveat to that, though. The base elevation to the top elevation is still relative in many ways, right, boys? Yeah. So I, we kind of talked about it the last time. It goes here, 2,000 maybe the base of a ski mountain to to three to 4,000, where for you guys, what, what, what you're starting at nine, what are you going up to? Uh, four to uh, where you Come on, where are you realistically skiing for people, guys? Not, I think not, it's like, 13 or 12. Yeah. 12 yeah. or 13 sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So, so it relatively close in proximity, but that's a different kind of steep, right? A different kind of big out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were some parts I was... Yeah, if I, if I could uh, send you a picture, and I'm looking at the mountain, it's just blows bristle out of the water, and it's just right outside my window. And it's... Uh, Nice. And the, what's the name of the mountain? In case someone wanted to look at and see the what you're seeing. So it's um, it's not actually copper. It's like across the highway. So we have something called the sky shoots, yeah. and um, it's where avalanches fell last year, and it actually spelled out the word sky. So there's an S K and a Y in there. Right. From my from my window, I see it clearly. And then, uh, that's actually one of the first things I found out about Calvin when I got here. Uh, somebody pointed them out to me. Johnny, but yeah, I don't know the name of it. I know Breck. Breckenridge is on the other side. Right. <coughs> you skied one of the sky shoots, right? What was that? Have you skied one of those sky shoots? Um, I've hiked up them and I skied down, yes, but not, not all the way, I will say. You think you're going to do that next year? Um, I would like to. I'd love to. Actually, I think we I should. Know, we're it out. Yeah, I think we should. Out. That should definitely happen. Uh, yeah, we uh, when we we're hiking up, we saw um people coming down, so they hiked all the way up, and they were ripping. So it looked fun. What's um? When was the last time you were on skis? Uh, probably two weeks ago. Me and my roommate. Um, we went like across the street. There's a jump over there. We set up a row. So, yeah, I'd say two weeks. You know, it hurts. Cause right now there's a lot of snow to be skied on still. That's what I was gonna ask. So how do you, how can you look at that snow and not want to go skin every day? Honestly, I do. Sometimes I'll put my put my ski boots on and not even do anything, just to wear them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, it's funny, I got a pair of my skis in here too, so I gotta look at those, but... Now is there, like you out. probably can't go to a ski mountain to skin up right now, right now, but you could go up just like any side hill that you see and go skin up a couple hundred or a thousand feet or something and ski down, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we even, like at the beginning of this whole 
COVID, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, we went and skinned up. It's called uh, Clinton Reservoir. So uh, up towards White Bill-ish, kind of. We're uh, waiting here, we're looting. Um, yeah, so that was fun. You know, I definitely need a touring setup, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the trade up. I just got one and I was hoping to use it at Tuckerman's Ravine for the first time this year. No go. So so let's talk about stories. All right, so so let's talk about the jobs for uh, first. We'll give John and Johnny a break here to eat his food. Um, Jared, what job did you have? What did you like, not like about it? You tell me. Uh, give me four or five experiences. Get get give us some stuff there. All right. Um, so I was a well, I was a youth ski instructor, and I don't know. It was all right. It got me through the year pretty well, but. Now, did you meet some cool people? Yeah, I met a couple cool people that I actually like rode with and whatnot. Not too many. Some people are different than others, you know. But so define <laughs> di- so define different in that situation, like there. Um, they were probably they were just from like different areas around the world, and like I wouldn't say Lang- that language was the big barriers? thing. It wasn't language barriers, but okay. like they were into different types of ski. It's kind of where it's like. Me, Brady, and Johnny. Yeah, no, I get park you. Park almost every day, and then other ones just were kind of like groomers, you know, blue squares. Like most of the people in ski and ride were not the best of skiers. <laughs> so you got a lot of people that don't ski very often, and they're out there, and and some of them have money, some of them don't. Well, I, I imagine most of the people who don't have money are good skiers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely some of the top. Some people with the most beat up equipment have the best. With the best gears, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt, right? Because mm-hmm. the people that love it the most and want to be on it the most. Now, that's not to say that some people with money aren't decent skiers, mm-hmm. because you can with enough training. I mean, so what age group did you teach? I taught, so it was kind of varying through every day, but I was teaching either from we did it in like different age groups so it was either six to 17 year olds which is a pretty big gap and then there was the group of three to five year olds and that was Jared's favorite oh no no (laughs) that was my least favorite one so the three to five year olds name some so if I'm a parent listening to this podcast right now right and I know I got a three to five year old coming up now, for me, I went through that, and I, and I think I was pretty good because I'm an active parent. So I didn't leave it to some poor instructor right. to have to shut my kids around all day. <laughs> Though I would have loved to have done it, but my son wouldn't allow it. Dad, I'm not going that full lesson. Like, I was lucky to get a couple hour, double hour right. lessons early on with him after that. So my takeoff, I learned how to snowboard then, so at least I was more his speed when I was learning how to snowboard. Right. And then he quickly was like, whatever, Dad. But so what would you give parents advice to who are bringing their kids out to three or five that can make it a better experience for their kids? So most ski resorts, especially here on the East Coast, there isn't really a, it's like for three to five-year-olds, we're only allowed a maximum of five kids per group. So you're not getting like a crazy big group out west. A basin you do, I've heard stories. And I think Breck, like all Vail Resorts. Yeah. But, um, so for that, it's only like five kids. If their first time, like, we made it, 
made it fun. Like they could play inside and whatnot. There's all t- that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then their first timers, you skied outside maybe two hours tops, and they were nine to three thirty lessons, give or take. So that's a long day. Yeah. So you got to have. So so my my experience with my kids was I brought them. I wasn't bringing them to a big mountain the first time. I was bringing them someplace small, small hill to get them acclimated, right? Could you tell the difference between parents who had their kids prepped and not in the groups? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the ones that, like, their kids had them, their kids were prepped, like, were either parents showed up videos. Even that was enough to, they kind of, like, had an idea of what you had to do. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest one was videos. There was a few that had been on skis or something before, like, once down their backyard or mm-hmm. something, but... You get, there was a huge difference. Mm-hmm. They caught on way quicker. So if anybody hears a, a howling in, in the background, my dog is not very happy that he's being locked out of the podcast room right now, everybody. So don't think that anything happening here in this room other than poor Bernie is <laughs> not allowed to play with all this right now. So we have Bernie the Pit Husky right now in the basement whining like a little girl. So if it picks up, you guys know what's going on. Um, so Jared, your dad came out to visit you too, right? Yes. So was it a long trip, short trip? How, how was that? How was it? It was the first time you guys skied out west together, though, right? It was the first time we skied out west together. Oh, tell me about uh, it. And your dad's so, a skier. Yeah, so he drove out with me. So I had him for like, I think he was in total the entire trip that he was with me going out and there. It was a week, mm-hmm. eight days, something like that. Um, but we skied. We were able to get out once together. We skied a basin. This is still November, so nothing's really open. Copper wasn't even open yet. We just wanted to get out and ski, but it was a great time. Yeah, overall. and you guys have been skiing your whole life together, right? Yeah, he taught me how to ski. When I was, I've been skiing him since I was three or four or something like that. Uh-huh. But it was a great time. I love it. I love it. So who's a better skier? You or your old man? Not jumping everything, but just to go out. And if you guys are just both ripping down an open bowl, like, like is he right there with you? Like, when you guys are just really ripping a good, um, you know, trail. You know what I mean. Yeah, he goes a little bit. I like to go fast, like, haul ass. But yeah, he, uh, he's a little slower, but he's a really good skier. Like, keeps the skis nice and tight and whatnot. Correct mm-hmm. turns. Like, after being a ski instructor, I kind of, like, can picture how I ski. And it's, like, good skiing. Got taught way too much. <laughs> no, that's good. That's all. Awesome. Like I noticed that stuff now. Yeah, and so you appreciate a little bit of what maybe like he he did and how much how good of a skier he is. That's mm-hmm. Because really, it's it's a certain thing when you because you had to ski a little bit differently as an instructor. Yeah, and it kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so three and five year olds, the wedge is a very important tool oh, for three God. and five year olds. And I'm sure Jared didn't have poles, and he was wedging, and that hurt your knees. The I was wedge. doing a lot of backwards wedging, and oh, instead gosh. of going up the carpet with the kids, you know, make it easy on myself, I was running up and down, yeah. taking kids individually. Yeah, it's not smart, but. But you know what? I think I would have too just for the workout part of it because I would have been oh, yeah. so frustrated that I couldn't go fast like normally. Like, would you get a couple runs at the beginning of the day and the end of the day? That was it? Oh, we went right to work, but after work, Mount closes at 4. We get out normally like 3.15, so you could maybe get a couple yeah, runs in, it. but I always just like took one just to yeah, get back to the locker room and whatnot. I had to. Come on. It didn't matter how good the day was. I would have got there after. bright and early to hit first tracks too just to get a run before so I could be like, get it out of my system yeah. too. 
It wouldn't really work that way. Well, I know how it is. You gotta get there. You gotta get to work. I know how it is. But man, that would have been tough for me. That's me and Johnny's job to get first tracks. Yeah. Except for teacher. Huh. All right. So so Brady so Brady's up next. Uh, Brady, the, we'll get back more experiences too. We did too, Jared. Because because I'm gonna I'm gonna do some management here. So Brady, tell the folks about your job. Because so Brady, who made the last of the three of you guys for money this winter? Who made the least? Um, uh, I think it was. Um, it might have been me, but I did get a raise. But I, it was. I, we were all pretty even, honestly. I was uh, so this is interesting. Hours. All right, so Johnny, what did you do, Johnny? I was a uh, lifty. Oh, you were a lifty, okay. And Jared was a, a, ski, a ski instructor, and you were a lifty. I was also a lifty. So they had two lifties and a ski instructor. So, so generally speaking, did you get tips, Jared? Yeah. Now. <laughs> His, all right, everybody, his eyes lit up like it was Christmas Day, just so everybody knows. We're, we're not disclosing anything for IRS purposes, but we like the eyes bright. That was enough of an answer for us. So talk about how society's going to change with that whole system soon. But um, So your base salary, though, was it similar to these two? Um, or did you make a little less than I knowing? I probably worked in total 35 hours a week mm-hmm. when I was making... 13 an hour just over what about you Bray? I was working like 40 hours a week usually mm-hmm. and I was making like 12.75 so you were making five you're five days on, five straight days you're working open yeah. and close because yeah, that's an eight hour shift but yeah. folks basically out west the mountains don't open at night because it's too cold it gets too hard packed blah 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 they gotta groom some stuff so you only have an eight hour day basically from beginning to end so Johnny you were lifty as well now do the two of you guys have the same lifts different lifts how did that work so I so, uh, oh, Brady <laughs> well, yeah Brady first and then Johnny right, so I was uh, I worked at the mountain coaster that Copper had um I was one of the crew leaders there, and pretty much we just operated that on a daily basis. And then when it snowed a bunch, we had to shovel it out. Um, Johnny? Uh, yeah, so out of the two jobs, Brady had the not the good one. <laughs> he had the shovel. But uh, for me, I was over in, uh, in East Village, so we had three villages at Copper East center and uh west and i was at east and i was that was uh like a black diamond just steeper trails um i was i was a two, uh five day crew week so what we do is i kind of just stand at the at the gates and if anyone has past problems i could hopefully figure it out for them um resolve any issues just talk to him. Um, but yeah, five days a week, doing about 40 hours, yeah, like Brady said. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, kind of just, you know, standing in the cold, but that's what I that's what I came here for. You know, I love the cold, I love skiing, so. Did you have hand warmers in your boots or, or foot warmers or anything? Um. Not every day. Some days, some days, yes. Some days, I get out there in the morning and immediately my toes are frozen. So those are always stocked up. There was a day that I woke up. It was negative sixteen. Wow. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that way. So negative sixteen. You're required to be at work and report, right? Oh yeah. 
So at that point, it's what an extra two layers, and you're covering everything except your eyeballs, right? Yeah. And then you're wearing yeah, goggles. Yeah. So you got yeah, goggles. Everything's right? covered. So you're totally covered, and you were on. You said you were on the coaster thing. Yeah. So there had been less people on that that day, right? Oh, definitely a lot less people. We were inside the shack most of that day. And and Johnny, were you open air or were you in? How how was your situation? Uh yeah, it was uh, wake up and go to work like any other normal. No, you're the lift you were on though. Is it like you know? Because there's different style lifts with different spots. Like what was your? Were you in the open air? Were you like on a lift where you had to like swing back the chair for people like every time they got on? Um. So like I actually wasn't like my my target was a lifty but i was more of like uh we called it an access operator so anyone who had tickets um i'd have to like scan those check those uh any issues that came about so i was never really at the lifts like letting people on so um, you weren't open in the open of, air yeah you weren't in the open air a lot. yeah 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 he was at the bottom mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I was, yeah, I was a brown. Okay, uh, so um, as far as skiing ability or things you wanted to accomplish, like, athletically while you were there, let's talk about the first couple months you were there and, like, the, like, first you got there and it's like, holy crap, this mountain's big. Holy crap, this is really our big backyard. Holy crap, really, two days a week I can ski, more than that I can ski here, right? So that, you get all that out of your system at first, like, you're like... Holy mm. boom! Yeah. Right, it was like that, right? That was like that for like three months, three and a half, four, even the whole year. Honestly, so the whole time you were there, it was like no. you couldn't believe it. You were it was like, so was there ever a day that you sat at home and didn't ski on a day off? Yeah, yeah. I did it like twice, but that Me? was because we were doing we were going every day for first two months. Or two and a half months, I would say. We didn't take any days off. Either. Okay, so you guys went like six, seventy-five days, like no days off. No, no, no. I pretty much kept it going. That's work, ski, work, ski, work, yeah. ski. And if you're trying to do both on the same day, you're trying. I would be skiing every morning usually because cool. I had to uh, go snowboard down to the top shack for the coaster, and that would be fresh pile laps in the morning before anybody. So that was that was the best part about being a lifty. I think was getting the early rounds that nobody else could get. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you got to get to your spot. Everyone's got to go to their spot on the mountain, and if it just dumped a foot and a half overnight, you got a nice pile lap down to your, down oh, your spot in the morning. I got a couple of those, too. There was one morning it dumped, like, two feet over since, like, the night after the ski day the day before to the next morning. It was, like, two feet. I'm around the way to my spot. I got stuck for, like, 30 minutes just trying to go because it was so powdery. It was so yeah, deep. I got to witness that one too. <laughs> it was detour week. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, Damn we, had, we had record-breaking snow in February. So you, I think you mentioned that to me. That was one of the biggest snow you've ever seen yourself, right? So describe that. So describe that for me. How many feet? How many days? It was like four days for detour. Uh, we just got hit with a massive storm. I so do tour is like one of those um, promotional tours that it's they essentially like the X Games, but not as big. Yeah. So like a, an amateur yeah, X uh, Games. It's, it's not even really amateur. It's just like a little lesser scale. Gotcha. Yeah. It's but, like um, part it's of the circuit. It's yeah. Still part of the circuit. Yeah, it's yeah. still big. Yep. But um, yeah, I think it would end up being like fifty-seven inches or fifty-six inches in four days, and I had to go because the coaster was actually buried with snow to the point where you couldn't even see the track and we had to go up that one morning which also 
all the lifts were delayed because there was snow touching the chairs at the bottom. So it took about an hour to shovel out each lift with like six, seven guys. And I remember on the way down, uh, me and my one coworker were like, yeah, we're gonna hit the goodies. And we like swing over to the left side of the trail where it was untouched. And we ended up getting almost waist deep, knee deep of just fluffiness. And it was a crawl out for 25 minutes and then finally get back on the trail. It was insane. I was out of breath before I even started work. It's a good morning. You talk about a morning workout. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I was working due to her during that. So mm-hmm. I was on slip group. So you're going down sideways to the half pipe or slope style snowboarders for heel side, but I was working that and that day we got nineteen, two feet, whatever it was, like we got up four laps before anybody on the mountain. Oh. There were people waiting in line. Yeah, yeah. Like, them we're supposed down. to open at nine. We got on at eight forty-five, and we're just lapping, cutting the line. People got so people were throwing snowballs at them, just yelling at, at us, and they were just hilarious. laughing, getting all the fresh powder. Like oh. our, so our first run. Like there's not enough for everybody, our right? Our first run down exactly. was absolutely insane. <laughs> I've never skied that much snow. So, like, on a, on, all right, so on a day like that, I'm, I'm thinking you go on a trail that you know is almost used to, is a groomer normally, that has as much pitch as you can because yeah. you want to pitch from the whole way because you can't Groomers hit a flat. Are the funnest trails when there's a lot of powder. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's like surfing at that point. Because you're just surfing on yeah. the top of it. You it's, know you got yeah. a good layer buried under there oh, yeah, and you're just it's, going. It's, yeah. It was like the main trail that everybody skis. Mm-hmm. So it's this nice, steep, long groomer. To get to the half pipe. Oh, God. We're just ripping it. Lap after lap after the first run, we came down hooting and hollering, you know. And the people, like, leading us for the day, they, like, yelled at us to, like, be quiet. Like, <laughs> silent as we were coming down. Yes, silent. I was like, hell no. I was like, hell no. I can't do it. <laughs> Best power day ever. So, yeah. Johnny, did you ski that day as well? Uh, that day... Since I'm at the bottom of the lift, I had to shovel out like lanes and stuff that people waited. So I, I didn't get to ski it first thing, but I took a fast lap a couple hours in, and it was still there was still snow, yeah. so it was okay. nice. I just oh yeah, it's snow for a week after yeah, that. No, Come no, on, there's stuff like a week and a half. Yeah, you can find stashes forever with that, yeah. with, with that powder. All right, so speaking of which, how um, were you impressed by the size of the mountain? So did you ever get like sick of the mountain? Like, oh, I wish I had another mountain. You know, briefly you do. I didn't feel that one time this year. Like, oh, I have to go visit another mountain. I mean, I might have, I wanted to, but it just never ended up being right. Um, I was always satisfied with what we had in Copper. Did you, all right, so me and my son, I think I've told you guys this before, we used to like to do every trail everywhere we would go. So we would, if we're at one place for two days, we're trying to go from like one side mountain to the other. We, right. If there's good snow, we'd stay there for a run or two or go back to it. Right. Did you guys hit every trail of copper, all three of you? No. no. Nope. Did, was there ever an opportunity where you could have got close? Yeah. If you paid attention. Yeah. I mean, yeah you would have done I some nasty trails. A couple you wouldn't want to go on because of the snowboard. Oh, uh, some of it was gnarly. Like, what do you mean gnarly? Like, like at the top when... You take up the T-bar, and it's at the top of the top, and it is winds whipping. 
it's getting foggy. You can't see where you're going that much, and you got a steep drop in. It's not fun. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It's not fun when uh, when that goes down. Oh, it's um, a great time. So, so there is something on the snowboard you're not in. You're into. So, you, so you cut the limit at what you really can have fun on. So, did you do every cru- cruiser at the place? Pardon? Did you do every cruiser? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I had my. Uh, you know the general, you know the general population type trails. Oh, I mean, I was hitting stuff that a lot of people wouldn't hit, but mm-hmm. it was. It's only when it gets bad weather that it gets a little sketchy. Yeah, of course. If it's a clear day, I think anything's doable, uh-huh. but. There's some of it when it gets bad is it's a little gnarly. Um, so what about you? What about you and Terrain, Jared? Um, there was a good couple days that I just went, like if I had to go by myself on a day off because Brady either picked up another shift or Johnny did and Brady was sleeping still. <laughs> Which is common. <laughs> I would just go take a few runs, bring out like my all-mountain skis uh-huh. and just rip around. And when some people came up to visit, yeah, like, ahead, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like have them ski park the whole time. Yeah, you know, come on. We went. It took a day to just like explore. Yeah, because so, it's a good mountain to explore. I mean, you oh, have yeah. different bowls. So, Johnny, what part of the mountain was your most favorite, other than the parks? Because obviously, I know all three of you guys are park rats, blah blah blah. But like, aside from the park, and you were you were there a little longer than these guys. Was there part of the area of the mountain that you said, let's say, for instance, and I'll ask you guys this too. I'll come back to you, but. If there was no parks on the mountain, what would have been your favorite part of the mountain? And this is Copper Mountain in what part of Colorado again, Johnny? At, um, Frisco. Thank you. Um, if I had to choose any part of the mountain, if there wasn't a park, it would be the back bowls for sure. Probably some of the steepest terrain I've ever skied. Um, you're going over cliffs that you don't know what's on the other side of them. Um, I definitely had times where I went over a little, a little knoll or whatever, and then dropped another 30 feet because it wasn't what it was like from up top. So I would definitely say the back bowls. Um, you know, if you just try and have fun, trying to push yourself, you go to the back bowls for sure. Any crevasses anywhere on that mountain? Like spots where like you you could get lost, like die like you know is there anything like that at, Co- at cooper is it all pretty much as long as you're in or copper i always say cooper thank you jared no so um you know what i mean there's no real danger spots like that other than probably some steep stuff from the peak right yeah 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 so i mean if you're just staying on the trail and obeying i guess the mountain's rules you're not going to get lost um, at least I hope you don't. Um, I did. There was an instant where someone did get like lost in the woods, and like we closed. Troy had to find them. Um, I think everything turned out all okay for the guy. Actually, yo, Johnny, but, uh, that one time we went through the uh, the woods and we ended up finding that creek at the bottom. <laughs> if you were stuck down there, you would. That could have been bad. All right, so tell yeah. me about this. I've been wanting some kind of good story like this. Oh, Come on. Hey, we've all had these stories. One of the day, it was like, I think it was... One of those days we didn't hit park. No, I think it was like december It was like one of the first days that we got a nice snowfall that we could actually start going in the trees. And yeah, Three bears. Yeah, we ended up going to the new lift that they opened this year, three bears. But uh, we were going, and 
Eventually, we'll just keep on breaking right, breaking right, breaking right. Next thing you know, I'm on like a lower part than Johnny. And I look up, I find a creek at the bottom, and I'm like, all right, everybody, don't come down here. Like, there's a creek, it's gonna be hard to get out. Next thing I know, Johnny, I look up this hill, Johnny's at the top, and he stops hard and pushes down about like five feet of snow on me. And I was a little, a little stressed out, but we made it out. It was, it was all right, but it was, it was a funny situation. Oh, over on West Village. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so creeks, generally speaking, folks, means it's usually uh, a canyon coming together or a sliver of land coming together where the water or the snow melts and you end up having creeks. And usually that's a good indicator for most smart skiers. You might be near an uh, out-of-bounds line or, you know, you're at the edge of the effing trail. Yeah. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't jump over it, like small ones. Yeah, no, yeah, you and then you gotta try and backtrack or have enough down forward where you're not gonna come to a waterfall or cliff that you can't continue to go down, right? Exactly. Because like, you never know when water goes down. So, um, Johnny, what what were you most surprised about being out there? Uh, probably just the skiers. Um, I came out with the expectation that everyone was just a shredder. Everyone ripped. You know, blues, blacks, greens, the whole nine. But, uh, you know, I get out here and come to realize not a lot of, there's good skiers, but like a lot of people, it's a lot of tourists really. And it's just, I don't know, some people can't ski. I thought everyone could ski. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I guess not. Um, People, all right, so so to uh, to that point, yeah, to that point, do you think there's um, better skiers on the East Coast at a mountain that you've been to versus out west now? Now that you've seen it from that perspective, um, honestly, I, if you take away the tourists and all that, it's probably tied. Like, there's some really good skiers out here. There's some really good skiers out east. Um, as for the park side of things, our west is just insane. It's gnarly. Um, it's just, you you turn your head and you see someone doing a triple right in front of your, right in front of your eyes and you're just mind blown and you never see that out east. So if you, the park aspect, yes, yeah, way better out west, but I'd say it's pretty even, just without the tourists. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good to know. Because I think, generally speaking, East Coast skiers in general are better skiers than West Coast skiers. I feel that. And so that's well, that's kind of where I was around. going with that from you, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Well, like, as for terrain, uh, East Coast all day. You can ski anything if you're from the East Coast. Yeah. Out here, it's just like... It's easy. You shouldn't have a problem. Yeah, it's steep and deep. It's, uh, <laughs> the snow texture is way different. I'm going to say something that sounds stupid, but you guys sent a video of coming down the side of one of the bowls, and then there was like maybe a cross trail that's maybe groomed or something, or a jump you guys had made. Oh, the wind loop. What was it? It was, it was like a wind loop in uh, okay, so the upper bowl. And explain how a wind loop is created. Uh, wind just comes down from, I'm pretty sure where this was, comes over from the top, comes down, and it pushes all the snow into like a little barrier type deal and it's kind of smooth 
But like, once after a lot of people hit some, it kind of becomes a decent jump or it's easier to ski over or something. Mm -hmm. So um, you guys sent videos to me pretty regularly from this wind lip that I saw, I believe, the trick that Johnny had intended to try and master before he went there. Am I not mistaken? And I'm telling you right now, I think I could have hit that wind lip because the landing area was so soft and so steep of snow yeah. that I feel like I could have gone over it, shot off that 100 feet in the air or whatever the freak amount it was, and landed, and it was such a pitch where I could have just landed and been like, okay, I'm still skiing now, right? Like, it was pretty cool to pitch after it. It was like perfectly designed yeah, landing. Yeah, gorgeous. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. That, that was, was like my first backcountry jump I've ever hit. Yeah, same here, just about. I mean, I haven't really hit any, but that was great. All right, so did any of you... All right, so there, we're talking about a jump that came, and it was probably the lip itself. I, I couldn't tell because I didn't see from the top side of it, but it wasn't like, very big, it right? Was like it was just the angle. Feet. It was taller than me, feet, like, yeah. but not huge. Yeah. No, 10 feet high. Mm -hmm. And then it was steep, steep after and a long it was, it was landing. It a steep jump, or a high-pitched jump, and then a high-pitched landing. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was perfect. And what? so, how many feet do you guys think you were taking off? And then, Johnny, I'll let you just describe your trick. Trust I mean, me, I'm looking. We're talking about normal people mm -hmm. are hitting the jump at about maybe like 20, 25 feet. Now, Johnny, he goes extreme with everything, so he's going about 35, 45. And what did you, well, Johnny, what did you, what did you master off of that wind lip? So, <laughs> so I. I came to Copper wanting to do a double, and uh, the conditions lined up, and I did a dub flat seven. Um, on my first attempt, I actually went dub uh, dub nine. Um, um, for for the for the layman like my father and Rita, they're listening right now. They go dub nine. What the heck's a dub nine? W nine. I turned W nines in from work. What, what do you mean dub nine? Right, so like it's uh, it's essentially two off-axis backflips and then a 180. Oh, that's it. So Just two two, two off-axis so 180s. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the two backflips are the 720, and then you go to the extra 180, which makes it 900. Mm -hmm. So, but I ended up doing dub flat seven, which was insane. Okay, so when crazy. when you're in the air, are you saying? Dub flat seven and your body just starts to do it? Or what, What? like you had to pull your head through that trick, right? Is it you lead with your head? so damn silent. Yeah. So going into it, uh, Jared, Jared and Brady know I was, uh, I, get, uh, I get extremely quiet when I'm going for a new big trick. Yeah. And uh, Brady and Jared uh, call it out after I did the trick because we were going up the lift. I wasn't saying anything. I was just, you know, listen to the music in my own groove, and then we get to the we get to the jump. Still, you know, I'm not talking. I'm just zoned in, and I was just like, "All right, boys, step aside. I'm going first. And as I'm going into it, I'm like, "I guess it's now or never." And uh, you know, I got lucky, we'll say, and uh, I stopped it. So I was happy. Definitely one of my biggest goals so far on skis. That I've accomplished. Um, hopefully, hopefully next year I'll, uh, you know, one up myself. Maybe go in switch. I don't know. 
and and I'm just wondering why. A, a simple why? question. Yeah. Like, isn't there a point uh, where, like, you don't have to be, um, what was it, uh, Candide Thovex, who, 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 Tobex, thank you, who um, had to make such a big jump in his backyard uh, for a competition that he split his freaking back, yep. like, because he landed two feet short of the freaking landing yep. and screwed up his whole career. So why would you need to do more, I guess is my question, my man. Um, why? Because I love skiing. I love pushing myself to see just what I'm capable of. Um, and I like honestly just surprising myself. Um, you know, when you go for these tricks, um, you know, you work your way up and small tricks and big tricks and you can only dream of the big tricks at a certain point. And then it comes time where it's like, all right, you know, I guess I gotta attempt it because if I don't do it now, I'm never gonna do it. And that's the mentality I've kind of brought into skiing is if I don't do it now, you know, in the, in the future, I might never do it. So might as well get it under your belt and uh, see, what you, see what the outcome can be. This is a perfect segue into the time you spent with your parents. So I'm going to lead the question by when you posted that video of that jump, did your mom call you and say, Johnny, I'm so proud of you and glad you accomplished that. And and I'm if you ever do it again, I'm gonna kill you. Uh, no. So they're usually just shocked. They almost as if they didn't think I could do it, but I did it. And I don't know. It's kind of funny their reaction. Like my dad, he commented on the on the video and just like teach me how to do that in the back of my head. <laughs> in the back of my head, I'm like, I mean, I his guy, man. I can, I want to see him do it, man. So bad. Did you bad. Know him in fantasy? Oh man. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, our fantasy this year, I um, lost in the championship game to my friend Ray, and um, there was no Del Fortes anywhere in the championship. Just for the record, so I was the runner-up, <laughs> and my best friend Ray, he was was the champion. So, so. There was no Del Fortes to remind him for that for me. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brady. I appreciate that reminder. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a little break. As you guys know, we're doing one parts one and parts two. We're going to dig into the road trip that Mr. Johnny took with his parents across this wonderful country. And we're going to find out how many books he read because he said he was going to be reading. And I heard recently that he's bored. So we're going to catch up on that. And we're also going to catch up on... Uh, the perspective of these guys at the early 20s of this COVID and how it affects them as people because I think it's going to affect them and their lives way more than me in my life and what I've been able to accomplish so far. So that's what we're going to pick up on part two. So we will see you next week, folks. <laughs>